I finally got you cornered. Now, you will taste my vengeance. Uh, uh, wait, I'm sorry. Who are you and why do you want vengeance on us? You, you don't remember me? Uh, no. It was two years ago. We were at Marsha's Dairy and you bought all the yogurt. <laughs> oh yeah, that yogurt was pretty good. And I wanted to make a smoothie. Now I'm going to defeat you and conquer the world for all the yogurt. Um, I mean, if, if it really meant that much to you, we could just go down the street and I could just buy you some yogurt. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, that could work. Ugh, worst villain ever. In this episode of Becoming DM, we're talking about antagonizing your players by building a nemesis. Everyone, this is John. And this is Felicia. And before we begin, we need to say, start small. But not really. No, not really. <laughs> we, we've been saying it so much, it just yes. kind of got to be habit. Uh, I know, and now we're completely <laughs> conflicting with ourselves. Yeah, because when you talk about building a nemesis, mm. you really have to think about big personalities. Because yes. the only way to make them stick out as more than your other NPCs that you're creating is to really make that personality big, make them over the top. Mm -hmm. um, and that can kind of get the claws into the into the players so that they're like, oh, I got to deal with this guy because he's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you really want to be the thorn in their side. Yeah. Um, but once you've kind of realized that, that you're needing to start a little bit bigger than small, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the actual starting point. Yes. I mean, and of course, as with any character, you know, some of the things are similar. Background is always important. You know, where did they come from? Uh, you know, what, what are they all about? Um, you can even be like, oh, how do they connect to your characters or your players? Yeah, and using the players as kind of where you start off can be uh, beneficial just mm -hmm. because you, you get more buy-in from the players really early on. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I know I've mentioned this in, in our podcast Multiple, multiple times. I'm sure that I'm sure that everybody's tired of hearing me talk about the uh, the guy from the background of one of my characters that they chose to be the the nemesis, and yeah. now they're hunting him across the country. Yeah, this oh. guy again. <laughs> <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is, if you have uh, some detailed backgrounds from your players, mm -hmm. that's one of the easiest places to um, to harvest to to build that that NPC. Yeah. And and as I mentioned, uh, one of my players had that military background, but that's not the only way that it, it can come about. Sure. I mean, you can think of you know you had talked before in our discussion about like oh maybe they came from a certain tribe or a certain group and turning their backs on them left quite a few disgruntled people um, that wanted some sort of revenge or you know to take it out on them. Um, you can have like maybe they. Who knows? Maybe they started off in school together and the other person bullied them. Or maybe they started off in school together and they were friends mm. and the friend didn't want, want them to leave. And so now I'm just going to make sure that you fail at every step of yes. your adventure so you come back home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but really kind of if you have players that have put some effort into their background, mm. it's nice to use it against them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the good thing is, is that, you know, especially because people you know, do put that time and that effort and even that bit of emotional connection into their characters, choosing to select things from that personal background that they have conveyed to you also sort of indirectly creates the emotional investment within mm -hmm. the story and to your nemesis. Um, so it, it's definitely um, a really good way to 
to be in, you know, to leave a good impression, well, a bad impression, I guess, but to, <laughs> to leave that significant impression um, that, again, kind of like dangling the carrot in front of your players for the duration of that campaign. And it's also sort of like rewarding your players. Like yeah. you, you put in all of this work mm. on your background. Yes. And all this work could be two paragraphs. It could be a couple mm -hmm. pages. I saw somebody talk, talking on, online the other day about a 613-page character backstory. Oh my That's gosh. a little much. <laughs> but wow. but um, for 613 pages, there's lots of stuff that you can mess yeah, with them with. I was born in the <laughs> summer of 1933. But regardless, it, it kind of validates the work that they've done because now, oh, cool, I'm mm -hmm. really a part of the story. It's not just... Is just not just Mr. DM saying this is what things are. Yeah, it's 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 a reflection of the character's own personal investment into the story. Yep. Yeah. And and sometimes um, the players can moving beyond the background. Mm. Sometimes the players can can choose their nemesis, yeah. and by choose they can do it a number of ways. Um, it could be somebody that they humiliated on the streets of some city mm. that uh, all they did was humiliate them and then walk off. Yeah. And that, that NPC could have just taken it so personally and they were one guy against this party. They couldn't do anything at that time, but, yeah. but now they're motivated. They're going to they're gonna marshal their forces and find some way to take these guys down, um, yeah. which is a real direct action against the NPCs. Yeah. Uh, but it, it could also be that they take uh, one of those, as we talked about in our last episode, episode mm -hmm. 10, they take one of those, um, those choices, they make one of those choices that uh, is kind of shades of gray. I'm sorry, that was episode 11. <laughs> that, that shades of gray and yeah. that, that shade of gray that had consequences affected somebody down the line mm -hmm. and, and they got started. Yeah. Um, but also just having a, an NPC that, that uh, they could have dealt with in a cordial fashion had some talks and and then but instead they attacked them and i think you had a had an example with a necromancer um that that this was a possibility with you want to yeah i mean look he was just a nice good old-fashioned necromancer minding his own business raising his own dead he wasn't disturbing were, no one else they were already dead they were already dead yeah exactly it's not like it was hurting nobody um, and then the group came along um, at the request of someone else who wanted the necromancer out. And so, you know, they snuck in, they started attacking, and it was just this whole thing. Um, and I, I, at the time, I just, I made it to where the necromancer was agreeable enough that he was willing to barter. But that situation could have very easily turned into a very disgruntled, skulking, you know, necromancer like crawls off i'll get you next time you know kind of a thing uh so it certainly could have been an opportunity it still it still can be like i said i mean maybe at the time he was agreeable but maybe looking back on it he's like you know what no i take offense to that and decide you know to to attack the players later in the game but this is an excellent way to um kind of turn the tables a little bit on your murder hobo characters <laughs> that that attack everything they see and you had yeah. the you have the situation mm -hmm. where they could have have talked first and they attack first and lo and behold this is somebody that, that can hold their own against them yeah but in the end vamooses uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then they they've made this enemy because because of their murder hobo behavior you know I, I feel like every one of our conversations somehow always come back to the murder hobos I think it's in our contract we have to mention <laughs> murder hobos yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's that's a good starting point. Um, yeah. um, of course, you can you can uh, in addition to to having these ties to the players, you can build your own and, and introduce them other ways. And we'll talk about how to introduce them later. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, but, but moving on from there, I think one of the things you really need to do when you start thinking about a nemesis and, and why, what, what they're going to be to the players and why is consider what their motivations are. Yeah, absolutely. And I promise you it can't expand beyond yogurt. There can be more more grievances than buying out all the yogurt. Yogurt is a pretty good motivation. Though. I feel like that was kind of personal <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, but but to that, I mean, wanting to seize all the yogurt may not necessarily. I mean, it's on the the middle of the scale from evil to good. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 your your nemesis motivations don't have to be evil. No. Um, just like your nemesis himself doesn't have to be evil. He mm. could just be somebody that is a rival mm. uh, of the players. Yeah. Um, that could have been, you know, we were talking about, you know, lightly about like, oh, someone previously in school or prior to the military or something like that. There may have been what started off as a friendly rivalry grew into something more um, sinister, if you will. Yeah. And I had a, I had a game a number of years ago where, um, the players could make choices uh, throughout the game on what they wanted to do. It was, it was relatively open, but mm-hmm. if they chose not to do something, the, the the story continued for that thing while they were doing thing B. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, uh, an NPC or a group of NPCs, an adventuring group of NPCs, <laughs> would, would come out and they'd be like, oh, well, hey, there's this this missing, missing kid. We're going to go and save her. Yeah. And... So the NPCs get back from their thing, which netted them some treasure, but not necessarily recognition. They get back to town and there's this celebration in this other NPC's honor because they have saved the girl from the spider forest or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and and you have that happen a couple of times and suddenly the, the players are like, we need to beat these guys. <laughs> oh, no. um, and there's they're doing good things. They're mm-hmm. not they're not doing anything that that uh, like taking down a government or anything like that. They are actively helping out people they're taking up the slack that the players are, are letting loose mm-hmm. by doing these other other side quests um so that's one of the ways that that you can build a nemesis they they could be completely harmless to the party mm-hmm. but it's something that they feel like they have to beat yeah and i mean speaking of you know strong beliefs um having a conflict of ideals mm-hmm. um you know ideology can certainly play a very strong role in, in how nemesis nemeses um <laughs> are created for your players um you know because again this goes back to it's not always so black and white not necessarily good against evil you could have two groups that are you know could be defined as good but you know have strong beliefs in what they're doing but those particular beliefs conflict with each other and so that is just a natural you know um mixture for nemeses. So. Yeah, I mean, think about think about as we talked about in episode ten, the mm-hmm. the big pantheon of gods that you can have. Yeah, and there's a lot of gods that that are on the leaning side of good that may just have a different way that they reach mm-hmm. their goals, which means their followers are probably going to have a different way. And mm-hmm. uh, as a result, um, even though I'm working for the good, I may not be doing it the way that you want to see it done. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're both kind of trying to achieve the same thing but doing it in different ways or just thinking completely different about how things should be run i mean you not to get too political but you know you have republicans and democrats right <laughs> both think that they're working for the greater good but both have different ways in which they feel that that needs to be achieved and so that's perfect for... we've, we've done it we've brought up religion and politics <laughs> now in two episodes oh, no. <laughs> um um, but aside from conflict of ideas, uh, another kind of not evil motivation uh, 
is that their motivation is born out of uh, of good intentions. They For the greater they, good. They think they're doing something that's good, yeah. but maybe the way they approach it is not that great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that makes one of the greatest types of nemeses uh, that you can are the ones whose ideals and motivations you can kind of relate to. And what makes some of the greatest antagonists in film is that it's those ones that you're like, oh man, like I can kind of understand why they're doing this. And that makes them a, just so much more of a complex character, but it adds so much more depth. And when you have characters interacting with them, it makes it that much more of an enriching experience because of that. Yeah, and and I'll have I'll I'll have a little little preface here. If there's anyone playing in my game right now, you should probably <laughs> stop right now, uh, because spoiler alert. Um, one of the so I've talked about this 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 nemesis that's tied back into my my players' backstories, but that guy has a boss, mm -hmm. and his boss is this woman that her family was killed by uh, by these people wielding these uh, extremely powerful magical magical artifacts when mm. she was a kid. And so she doesn't want magic items in the hands of anyone else and mm. will do just about anything to, to make that happen. Gotcha. So her her thugs and bandits and warlords are combing the world to to get these magical items. Um, and and so bad things in the pursuit of what she feels is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 there we go. Yeah, it's exactly like you were saying. You know, you you have this belief and this, you know, um, obligation. You almost feel like it's an obligation to like, oh, I need to fulfill this X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. You know, and it, it gets to the level of extremism. But I, again, I think that you know, we don't always operate within the spectrum of exact good and exact evil. I mean play around with what's in between that, you know, see what kind of creative stories you can, can make for your nemeses and how that relates to your characters. Yeah. And if, if you, if you can get to the point where they, your players encounter the, the nemesis and find out what their, their goals and motivation are, mm -hmm. and you have them scratching their head on whether they should defeat them or help them. Mm. Wow. That's, that's pretty impressive Ooh. DMing. Even, even more <laughs> Maybe they become an anti-hero and then eventually part of your group. Who knows? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the motivations can be evil. Mm. Um, but if they're evil, it doesn't have to be, like, super evil. It doesn't mm. have to be, I'm, I'm going to take over the world. Very pinky and brain of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it could be that, uh, that, that they have a goal of wiping out a species. Maybe mm -hmm. because something in their backstory, they had a, had a bad encounter yep. with that. And that's all they, they don't see any any difference between one member of the species or the other i mean it's like wily e. coyote and the roadrunner his whole motivation in life is getting rid of that roadrunner there's nothing else he kind of wants dinner though right yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah i mean sometimes you know and this goes back to um you know, when you're building a setting and a story, maybe you can connect that to like a war that's taking place a civil war or you know uh this occupying force that has come in and is like you were saying uh, just annihilating an entire species for whatever reason um in that way you can certainly kind of create multiple levels within your campaign where it's like oh this connects to this because of this and that's why your nemesis is like this and and wars can really um bring in a lot of these shades of gray because mm. oftentimes you have a war and it started out for these are the reasons that we're going to war and and they may be noble and good and just uh, but once once that rubber hits the road mm. and your military starts doing what they're doing, things yeah. can go sideways really quick. So Absolutely. you're still there for potentially the right reasons, but some of the things you're doing may not be uh, on the up and up. Yeah, it gets pretty ugly. 
So, um, some other reasons maybe that that are that are on the evil side. Mm. Ooh. Uh, they want to bring forth a beast from some other plane. Release uh, the kraken. Yeah, because maybe they they worship the beast or whatever. Mm. They feel like it will gain them extra power. Um, but maybe the beast is like a world-eating kind of beast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like you know in that case my warlock in my group is very much at risk for having Cthulhu <laughs> take over the entire world. Uh, so. Try to stay on his good side. <laughs> keep, keep an eye out for that plot yeah, line. Yeah, keep an extra eye on him. <laughs> um, they, could, they could say that they want to topple the government, which I realize mm. is getting kind of close up to, to conquering the world, but maybe they just... Small scale. They Small want to, They want to run a city. They want yeah. to run a country or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the good old wealth accumulation. Yep. Big, big money. This is, a, I, I think, a, an easy trope to do when you talk about, mm -hmm. about the bad guys. Is I mean, you've got... Uh, even in popular movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have uh, like The Mask of Zorro or um, Robin Hood where it's like, oh, it's kind of we're making them synonymous where it's like the rich sort of automatically take advantage of the poor yep. um, and, you know, willing to exploit them, um, you know, in order to accomplish whatever they want. Doing anything that they can to, yeah. to accumulate wealth. So it's, it's definitely a, a tale as old as time, if you will. <laughs> um, but certainly not one that is, is not worth considering. Yep. So. And then there's good old revenge. Revenge. Uh, because as we mentioned before, the actions of something can, can trigger a long line of actions. Yeah. And the, the, the revenge may be for something inane. Uh, you mean yogurt? Yogurt. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but the way that they go about getting the revenge is, can be way off the rails, evil, yeah. torture, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Drawn so, and quartered. So... Uh, really, just keep in mind those motivations and and how they work for your 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 nemeses, mm -hmm. and and ensure that that uh, that you have a motivation because just having somebody that's doing evil for the sake of doing evil, yeah, yeah that's that's possible, I guess. But it's yeah. not it's not as enriching when a no. when when the players figure out what's going on. Yeah, it's kind of two dimensional, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> If you hadn't guessed it yet, we're sponsored by Darkwind again this week. Their contribution helps us cover some of the costs of producing and hosting this show, so it'd be great if you can show them some love. To try out their massive online text-based multiplayer game, go to play.darkwind.org and create your character for free. While you're showing the love, take a moment to share Becoming DM out on your social media. Letting others know about the show is the best way to help it grow. Feel free to tag us, and we'll give you a thanks. One of the things we need to kind of address when we talk about uh, building a nemesis is we had we had an episode earlier about uh, about creating uh, um, NPCs mm -hmm. that that would really uh, amp up your game, and when we talk about building a nemesis you're really taking that process and you're going three or four or five steps further yeah. on down the road. Cause yeah. you may have done a little bit of a backstory for your NPC, but because you want to know the motivations, you may have to do a, a pretty thorough backstory. Yeah. Like NPCs on steroids. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, so you, you kind of take everything that we mentioned in that building NPCs and you add more detail. Yeah. So yeah. personality traits is one that I really like. Like, mm -hmm. cause when you have, when you're trying to build these over the top, eye-catching um, 
characters that that your players are going to latch on to and, mm-hmm. and really uh, want to take down. Um, having those personality traits that are just over the top. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever, for whatever reason, the 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 guy who just can't stop commenting on somebody's outfit because because <laughs> he's just he he likes commenting on the way people look. Um, that seems like a silly thing for a nemesis, but <laughs> it can be particularly aggravating to your characters. Yeah, the the, the perfectly <laughs> the perfectly calm in any situation guy, like mm. the necromancer. Uh, after having been attacked, he was pretty calm. He was pretty chill. He's he, a chill guy. He wanted to negotiate. And... He was like, "All right, I guess." I'll go raise the dead somewhere else. <laughs> um, but but taking that that personality trait and really saying, mm. all right, how can I make this bigger? Yeah, um, I think is is a great way to do it. Yeah, and for me, like one of my favorite aspects is descriptors. Mm-hmm. Like I am all about descriptions, and I think it, you know brings out the writer in me. Where it's just there's so many different ways to describe your nemesis to that person. Obviously, you know. Um, we were talking about like you know personality and everything, putting that in there. But you can you can talk about his grizzled beard and or you know her you know almost um, perfect beauty or you know small little features on him. Or again, I had mentioned before in a previous episode about how descriptors can include more than just visual mm-hmm. um, elements. And so you know, is there a certain smell like the smell of death that wafts into the air every time he you know jumps through a portal and smell of sulfur or whatever? Yeah, or the smell of yogurt. Who knows? <laughs> hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, um, but you know, it could be like a certain sound, maybe like a lilt in his voice, or you know, um, the scuffling of feet. Yeah, you know, there's there's all sorts of, of different ways to add depth to your character. Um, Besides, you know, the personality, you can you could really just get in the nitty gritty of descriptors. I like adding like uh, ticks, so mm-hmm. that that they they have some sort of maybe it's a tell when they're when they're lying or something, mm-hmm. or maybe it's mm-hmm. just like when when people act a certain way, having a having hands. a ringing of yeah. their hands or whatever. But having that 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 kind of tick that they can't necessarily control. Mm-hmm. Um, adds adds a little bit of, of flair into into what your what yeah. your nemesis could be. And I think that's also good too because when you provide those things like ticks, for example, it shows that there's a fallibility to your nemesis and that helps sort of give that that motivation like, oh he is a defeatable character. You know, you don't want someone who seems infallible to your characters. Yeah, and, and that's actually one of the things we were going to talk about uh, is is giving your your nemesis faults, weaknesses yes. and and sure, the weakness could be something like like an actual uh, technical weakness of mm-hmm. their of their of their person. Oh, he's vulnerable to spells about yogurt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're well, just going to keep bringing yogurt. that up. Um, um, or you could have it just be um, be something like someone doing something just grates on his nerves so mm-hmm. much that he loses the power to concentrate, and yeah. and it just flips him out. Um, um, or so maybe he has a cat allergy. Who knows? <laughs> He's got the uh, the uh, lint roller that he always he does. keeps around. He carries and... it around on him at all times. <laughs> um, go ahead. I think I think um, one thing to add on to that is that you know your the faults or Achilles' heel of your nemesis doesn't always have to be immediately noticeable to your characters. Absolutely. Um, we had talked about this beforehand, where you know. Maybe you, you have a character that's crazy OCD and maybe the weakness is like throwing down a whole bunch of marbles and he's like forced, like he has to count them, you know, and that's a, a distracting strategy. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be so specific as that, but you know, there are things that like maybe that your characters stumble across uh, a chance encounter 
um, that reveal some sort of weakness um, that they can utilize down the line. So that's, that's one thing that, you know, the ticks are great because that's something that's right away kind of gives that inclination like, okay, cool, there's, there's something going on with this guy. But then you can kind of reveal further faults and weaknesses down the line. Yeah, well, and the, and the tick can be something that happens, but they don't necessarily notice mm. why. Yeah. Um, and, and on further investigation, they can figure it out. So it can be something yeah. that, that slowly reveals itself based upon how important it is um, to the players being successful. Sure, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so uh, some other things to, to consider when you're when you're building those uh, those nemesis is um, nemesis nemesis yeah yeah I'll get it right sometime <laughs> uh, is to is to sort of understand what kind of strategies um, the nemesis is going to invoke. Yeah. This could be both uh, both from a battle perspective mm -hmm. when you fight him, what is he going to do, but it's also uh, how he. Ex he or she executes uh, the plans that they have to yeah. do whatever it is that, that fulfills their motivation. Mm -hmm. So, um, as I mentioned, the um, uh, we'll call we'll call her Sal. Uh, mm -hmm. Sal wants to get all the all the magic magic items. So yeah. she has fingers out into the underworld to and and these minions in the underworld that that are are working to get them for they don't know why yeah uh, it's just that she wants these things yeah. um so but but uh other strategies like how they approach how they approach battle do they send their minions in before them to mm -hmm. to fight for her while 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 she runs off um does she go toe to toe with with the players Any, anything else well i think yeah when you're thinking of you know, big nemesis, right? Like your, your primary antagonist. I think it, it would be, I think it would behoove the game master to understand that like someone that big, that high up with that big of a motivation and goal, it's definitely going to be overseeing others. There is going to be some level of delegation involved so that your characters aren't just immediately facing the bad guy. It's not like they go to the town, they find the main bad guy, they defeat them, the end. Hey, we're done. Yeah, woohoo, done murder hobroing. Um, but it, it's also kind of related is that, that that is a significant difference between your your average NPC and your nemesis is that, you know, you have to strategize ahead. I mean, they are quite literally there for the long game. Mm -hmm. So you have to sort of plan ahead. Again, like chess, it's not just the single moves in front of you. You have to think two, three, four steps ahead. How are they going to encounter either this primary antagonist or the antagonist's goons? Um, to what extent do they hear rumors about it? Do they see evidence of this, you know, of their actions? Um, do they get glimpses of it? Do they have actual encounters? Maybe it's multiple encounters before they can actually defeat that bad guy. There's um, certainly a level of forethought, I think, that is required for you to successfully integrate, um, a, you know, your primary antagonist into the overall campaign. Yeah, and, and you said a couple things there that I want to make sure that we highlight. I think the main difference when we're talking about uh, a nemesis versus an NPC that is the enemy of the, of the players mm. is that, that the NPC may be around for a couple of sessions. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there's some exceptions to that rule, but I would, I would say usually two or three sessions mm -hmm. an NPC is good for. An, an, a nemesis could last for 10, 20, depending upon your on your on how you have your story laid out, yeah. it could be many, many sessions that because there are so many layers between them and the players, mm -hmm. um, it takes a long time to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So one of the one of the things that I recommend is when you're talking about a, a, a nemesis, is that you actually build a character for them. Mm. Um, Sure, you can you can do some things that make them bigger than life than what you would normally roll for a character, but you need to understand kind of what statistics they have, what skills they have, what skills they don't have, mm-hmm. so that you're not just making it up on the fly. Yeah, you I mean you definitely want it ahead of time, and this, this sort of ties back again into faults and weaknesses. But having those stats in front of you will help you be able to create a more believable nemesis and and one that I think your characters will eventually enjoy overthrowing. Yeah, and, and keep in mind that when you build that character, it's not static mm-hmm. uh, because your your players are going to be doing things and leveling. They're yeah. not just sitting around on their on their duff. Yeah. They're going to be doing things and potentially leveling up too. Mm-hmm. So they'll get additional skills and 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 points on things and yeah. stuff like that. So just keep in mind when you build it, don't let them stay the same because eventually the players will just get to, to a certain level and are like, oh, this guy? Yeah, let's we, flick him away. We, we were worried about this guy? Yeah. <laughs> he has an AC of five. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and the last thing on, on, uh, on, on building them like an NPC on steroids <laughs> is this is really where if you're going to, if you're only going to voice one NPC, if you're only going to provide a special voice to one NPC, this is the NPC to do it with mm-hmm. um, because there are there are famous villains the world over mm-hmm. that you can play a snippet of your voice and everyone knows who they are. Yeah. Like Voldemort, Darth oh. Vader, whoever. Um, and and if you can get that level of recognition with your players, mm-hmm. all you have to do is, is start talking like that person. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, oh, crap, guys. No, no. We're in trouble. No, no. <laughs> Sal is back. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, those are, I think, kind of the big important points about the, the actual building of the NPC. Anything else? No, I think, I think that kind of, like we were saying, kind of covers all the, the finite details. Um, besides, obviously, the, the um, creation of your nemesis itself, we have to think of the logistics of how you actually introduce that nemesis to your characters. Yeah, so let's kind of Delve dive in? into that. Yeah, um, you had a really good example when we were first talking. Yeah, uh, I... <laughs> It's really fun if you can if you can execute it to have an NPC that, that maybe helps out the party, travels mm-hmm. with the party, who uh, who they end up befriending mm-hmm. and thinking this is the coolest guy ever. He's so swell. Um, and then have them just stab them right in the back. Yep, very uh, much. They maybe they're on the sly. Um, trying to counter what they're doing along the way, and then eventually it becomes apparent, and they they take their full on nemesis role. Yeah, and and that uh, if you can do it right, yeah, uh, is really is really the way <laughs> I think to have your players just be go go bonkers over. We have to beat this guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I had mentioned before in our other conversation how we were like, oh, it's like. Jafar and Aladdin, like he was the advisor to the Sultan. The Sultan trusted him. Obviously, it was, it was quite clear to the audience that he was going to be your, your bad guy, but the Sultan was completely oblivious to it. And it's a very similar approach where it's like, create this character that's like disarms your players into thinking that like, oh, we can trust this guy. He's cool. He's one of us. Nope. Nope. He's not. He is definitely not. Yep. <laughs> um, other ways to to kind of introduce them uh, are... are, are 
what you would expect. Uh, rumors about goings on, a strange yep. necro necromancer in the mountains, or always about the necromancer. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a. It, he was a nice guy. E easy pickings. Easy pickings. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Um, yeah, like you walk into a bar and you talk to the people having a drink there, and they're going to tell you about all the you know, ongoings and all the things that are going on that they, they would prefer, you know, oh, could you get rid of these, this gang for us? Or rumor has it of a monster that keeps eating all my cows, you yep. know, just things like that. It's, it's certainly tried and true. Um, and if you're first starting out, perhaps the best way to ease into it um, before you start kind of delving into more complex methods of introducing uh, nemesis, nemeses. And uh, what I've been doing a lot with with my game right now is is some sort. There, the players have been able to intercept a couple of, of letters mm -hmm. uh, via a couple of, of ways, and the the name of the of the major nemesis has been dropped, mm -hmm. but they don't really have a clue as to anything more than this is obviously the person that's pulling the strings, yeah, and that's it, yeah. Um, Eventually, they'll they'll be able to pick up more clues, but having just a little a little nugget that's yeah. not the main point of the letter, but just they're they're mentioned mm -hmm. uh, can really help to to have that slow play introduction as well. It's like a, that trail of breadcrumbs. Yeah. Um, the other one that I I think I had mentioned, I remember it was last episode or the episode before. Last episode. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, was that you know you can you can indirectly introduce your nemesis by prefacing the whole story in general with legend has it or you know the myth of blah 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 very like lord of the rings ish where you know oh you know these rings were created in the one ring to buy them all or buy and the, and short, rule them all there we go and these short people found them and yeah and then there's whole thing but you know the whole story of like the hobbit and the lord of the rings was prefaced with this legend of the one true ring to you know rule them all and it even introduced to an extent you know um sauron and you know how he was defeated and oh you know but there was still like a bit of foreshadowing that you know his evil presence still existed mm -hmm. and then the story starts so i mean it very much could tie into that where you're like okay this evil that was introduced is to an extent going to play a role in this story we just don't know how yet so one way of doing it yeah and uh i mean the the, the the probably most straightforward way is to have them have an encounter with 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 this yeah. nemesis there you go and it could be a completely unexpected they could be going to a place because they were hired to do a job mm -hmm. and they get there and run into the nemesis and they're like ah no you can't yeah. finish your job <laughs> i'm gonna do it and and either Either the the nemesis flees because he feels he's outnumbered, mm -hmm. or the players have to flee because they're taking a beating in combat. <laughs> um, and either way you do it, I think uh, it can be a can be a good way. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the if you can work it out that way. I like the beating them in combat just because it makes them realize this is something that we're going to have to spend some time to work towards. This mm -hmm. isn't going to be easy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, I think that's 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 good. Any, any other ways that you've thought of to, to introduce um, So, you know, the other thing we had talked about before was, you know, again, sort of related to a direct encounter was that maybe your group of players, the story starts because they were hired because there already was a problem present, something very valuable was stolen, and they were hired to resolve that situation. So that's a very direct way of like, okay, we have to find this thing. The person who stole it was the bad person. So that's pretty much what the mission is. Um, or 
you could either have them just going down, minding their business, maybe they're a security detail for something, and then they come across and encounter that something is stolen from them, and then they have to, once again, kind of a similar mission, but the way it develops is different. Um, I was, as we were talking, I was thinking of one other example that I thought would be, I've, when I've read it, um, and I, I believe, I can't remember exactly which story, it was in The Witcher, and I don't know if you've ever read The Witcher series, but um, it was really great because, you know, typically it's like, you know, Geralt of, Riz of Rivia, he's a witcher and his job is to kill monsters, but he has a set of rules that like he won't kill them if they're X, Y, and Z. Um, and so he goes on this, this particular mission where he's supposed to kill this dragon. And when he actually discovers like who the dragon is and what it's about, he ends up flipping sides. So one good way in that related to that is that maybe your story starts off with what you think is going to be your primary bad guy. But when you get to that, it actually develops into something else. Mm. And it's a very interesting curveball to throw at your players because then it kind of changes the momentum of their mission and their whole entire campaign. Fun little way of, of throwing in your actual nemesis in the big scheme of things. So. Yeah, and um, just to, to add one more thing to that, uh, we talked about in episode one that one of my favorite ways to kind of introduce players together in, in their first session is just drop them into action. They, they've been traveling together or they're yeah. in a town and something happens. You're so, in the middle of war. <laughs> so you could, you could feasibly have, um, have this nemesis come at the, at the front of a, of a phalanx of, of soldiers that mm -hmm. he's recruited to yeah. attack a town. Um, again, it's gonna depend upon what their motivations are. Yeah. But that action that they get involved in could involve the nemesis who for whatever reason backs off or mm -hmm. or again they they flee um again it's it's fairly straightforward but it's a it's an easy way to introduce them yeah yeah and those are just like a few examples i'm i'm sure you know in hearing these I, you know as an audience you guys will probably start coming up with your own methods of creating screaming at the speaker going no <laughs> do it this way no that's not how you do that yeah <laughs> we would love to hear it though so yes. if you do have ideas please feel Ooh. free to uh comment on our facebook page yes. send us an email through our website yes or if you if you are on the on the twitters you can mm, uh, on you, the twitters you, you, can, <laughs> you can you can tweet at us the... uh, and pretty much any anywhere it, you can find it is becoming dm so yes. facebook.com slash becoming dm at becoming dm and becoming dm.com so virtual pigeon virtual carrier pigeon twitter <laughs> um i think that's really all we had to talk about today yeah. I, I i i feel like we've we've covered covered the topic pretty well yes so. nice nice ending to this this is the last episode it in is. our build your own series so bittersweet um we've had a lot of fun talking about this stuff mm -hmm. uh next episode who knows what we'll talk who about knows? we'll figure it out worlds are oyster <laughs> but until next time stay, stay nerdy, nerdy friends, friends. Hey everyone, and thanks for joining us this week. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. It really does help. Becoming DM is produced by John Welsh and Felicia Martinez. The show is edited by John Welsh. If you've got an idea for a future episode, let us know. You can reach us at becomingdm.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash becomingdm, and on Twitter, we're at becomingdm. We'll see you in two weeks.